Welcome to Iman Amongst Men. This is a show where we take an honest look at what it's like to be a man in today's world. We don't shy away from topics most people are too afraid to talk about. We're going to take it all the way there. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, wherever you listen to all your podcasts. Let's start the show. cool having you here man we've had some special people on i think as an artist it's it's another layer that we all kind of like don't know about we hear about art we hear about uh, how they monetize it and how they do these things and i think there's a lot of young artists that want to paint but or not not just paint but create uh, I don't know what I don't like putting y'all in the box because all y'all. No, you can say create. Paint yeah, and yeah, then it creates becomes cool. digital. No, it creates cool. Create. I always wanted to dive into that, so it's it's great opportunity to have you on here. Another Chicago yes, native, sir. Outside <laughs> Bronzeville, you know what's Shout going on, man. Hey, go because they said we needed to set the scene. So if you want to tell them your kick game, I, I'm so happy that a Chicago native yeah. came on here. Go <laughs> tell them what you wear right now, man. These. Uh, what I, I got on the uh, the Nike Air Max Concepts, you know, you know, just trying to, just you know. trying to be out here, you know, I, I, I <laughs> trying gotta, to be different. You know, <laughs> oh, I got playoff twelves on. You know, if no I gotta thing. enter the chat, yeah. no, I don't need to enter the chat. <laughs> what you don't need it? You can enter the uh, chat. It's you can have a calm day. It's okay. Low, low top blazer. Yeah, calm day garçon. I don't have any talent with drawing. Right? Was drawing to you? Like, did you feel like the first time you drew, you like, man, the, the pen is doing what I wanted to do? Or did you feel like it took a lot of work to become? I mean, you grew up on courts, mm -hmm. right? You grew up in a space where, you know, you felt comfortable. Like, at, at what point, and I'm going to flip it on you, then I'll answer your question. But, but, like, at what point, at what age were you when you, you, you were like, man, I like playing basketball? Like, you, it, it kind of clicked for you a little bit. I say it was, like, probably, like, four because I would – we finally started playing, like, my dad used to play in the retreads, and we got to play on the side, and my brothers would be, like, playing out in the back, and I couldn't win. Like, then I started hearing my cousins, my brother, I would hear, they would start collecting wins. I would hear people talk about playing 32s, and like, yeah, I got, I had this many wins, and I was like, damn, I ain't, I ain't got no wins, and I'm like, fuck that. Then I got, I got to I, get my wins. It up. was dead yeah. serious after that. Yeah. And then it became, can I beat him? After I could beat him, can I beat my oldest brother? After I beat him, I felt like, all right, can I beat everybody around Oak Park? Oh, I could beat all them. I got to take my ball into the city now and get it. Yeah, somebody got to, you know what I mean? I just was looking for challenges in that way. But I, I think I got serious when I had to play against them and I realized I ain't got no goddamn wins. So I was, a, that's the competitive nature. That's another thing. We gonna, I told you about this. We're going to dive into that. If I could put niggas off to a draw off. What? Oh, <laughs> a draw off? This I guy. just, man, I just got, because I'm a competitor. And I, when I look at art, if I could draw that good, do you realize how many artists I'll put on the spot? What do you mean? Outdraw me, nigga. But it's, it's so, but to your point, for me, it's, it's I, I'm competitive too, right? Yeah. And so, like, I look at other artists and, you know, I'm like, if I see something that's just like, man, it just takes me back. Mm -hmm. Like I, I get jealous, and then my next thing is like, nah, all right, I see you. Yeah, wait till you know. I'm going yeah. back to the studio. I'm gonna work even harder. I'm gonna outwork you. I'm gonna do a thing and elevate my stuff. But taking it back, 
I come from a family of hoopers. So, mm. you know, like I'm six eight. You know, he definitely six eight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you got the audio version of this. I want to play this man one on one. I ain't gonna lie, I hurt this man. Don't be hooping. Nah, just you know, I my all I got is the back to the basket game. Oh, <laughs> uh, you going to the post? That's yeah, it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I got. No, go ahead. Um, but no, nah, like you know, all of my cousins, they they could they could ball, but a lot of them were creative dudes, but they didn't. They didn't have sort of the the aim. You know, in my family, it was like that was preached to us. That was the way out. Right. You're going to get on these courts. You're going to hustle. For sure. You're going to hoop. Like, my, I have, you know, one of my, my cousins, my older cousin, was a, a Harlem Globetrotter. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy. And we we had that in our, you know, yeah. CBA, NBA, et cetera. And so it was always instilled in us. But at the end of the day, you know, you come back from the court. You're at grandma's house. You hungry? You eating? You chilling? Watching TV? For me, it was like, now nah, I'm 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 gonna sketch. I'm gonna draw, Absolutely. right? And a lot of my cousins would do it too. And I would look at them like, damn, you just did that? Like, it's like that. Again, that jealous feeling of like, man, you know, the competitive uh, nature. I'm a, I'm gonna get you next week. Just watch, nigga. Like, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. okay. I like how you drew them Jordans. I'm gonna watch yeah. watch my Jordans next week. So, it you know, it it kind of started in that space. But I was really young, man. It was like. It was the, the refrigerator competition in my grandmother's house. It was like, who can make the refrigerator? You know, you, you hit grandma with the art. Grandma made this for you, right? You know what I mean? And, you know, grandma put it on the refrigerator. Man, you made it. Yeah. You made it. And so for me, it was like, if I could get to the refrigerator, and then once I got to the refrigerator, I ain't never leave the refrigerator. Right. <laughs> right. I went to the refrigerator, to the living room, to you know what I mean? So, I never made it to yeah. the refrigerator. My, <laughs> well, there you go. My art never made it to the fridge, man. Nothing but a report card made it to the fridge. But see, that was that was the thing. My report cards never made it to the refrigerator. <laughs> see, there you go. It was just yeah, the art. Right? So, so that's the art. thing with artists. And why do y'all just... Not, not, not all artists. I think that's just in me because of how I grew up. In, in a family, like my grandparents had 14 kids, right? So it was a lot of cousins, a lot of cousins. And like, you know, it was a lot of male cousins when I came up. And so it was just a lot of us always being, Good you job. know, together, competitive, messing with one another. And so, you know, little jabs, I was one of the younger ones. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the jabs I got hit with, they stung a little bit. You know, you had to laugh them off. Ha, ha, ha. You, you still want to <laughs> hang out and kick it. But, but that just meant I had to go over here and elevate what I, what I was doing. It's crazy. I noticed that with a lot of creatives, a lot of creatives in school, they just be like, I like this, and they can make that decision early on that it's just like, I can't associate with that. I just don't like that. And they go to the creative thing. I never, I guess I just never had the cojones to, to pull some shit like that. I always was like, yeah, but if I fuck my leg up, I at least want to be in college. <laughs> I, I like had this like structure my whole life. That's yeah, no, nah, that's this that's the thing. Have it. That, that's the thing about art. There's it's no the real. Creative. It's no real structure to it. Like nobody can really tell you yeah. this is what you need to do in order to get this. But like, especially no in, in, in in like low income black households, that you know, art was so abstract. Ball. You can you can you can quantify right. If you play hard enough, you can make it to NBA. You can make it to you know overseas. Oh, yeah, exactly yeah, right. And you can make some money. Exactly right. Then in success, maybe you could coach or you know there was a there was a path right. Yeah. There was a path. And there's a big umbrella. Under exactly. That. And so for art, it's like 
I didn't grow up knowing any successful artists, let alone successful black artists, nor did my grandparents, nor did my parents, you know what I mean? And so it, it, it was a thing, like with my father, my father was, you know, my father played football. My father was gonna go pro, he got hurt, yet it, it, it is, um, what's it, tryouts for the, for the Giants. Uh, uh, right? the, the combine and shit? Yes, and so he ended up going into business, you know, and was successful in it, and that's what he knew, you know what I mean? And so it was like, trying to instill this sense of like, man, you have to have something to fall back on. And for me, it was all or nothing. It was like, I'm a creative, this is what I'm doing. But I think that for him, again, you know, every parent wants their child to have a sense of security, yeah. you know, growing up. You don't want to worry about your child once exactly. they, they out your house. But what I took from him was his, his sense of business and that understanding of business and applied it to my art. And that's where a lot of artists don't necessarily, you know, that's where the divide happens. Right. Some people are creative for the sake of being creative and they don't understand how to fully monetize. Getting back to the point. You for see, sure. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love like it. Like the comedians you circle back around. <laughs> yeah. But seeing how to monetize off of the off of your creation. And so, again, growing up, man, it was like I would tell my family, you know, sitting around, we what you going to be? I'm going to be a basketball. I'm going to be the, you know, I'm going to be an artist. And they'd be like, no, 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 you're going to be an architect. You know, it was like Straight that. Up. And so for me, you know, for those years, it was like when people asked, I, I guess I'm going to be an architect. Like, you know, and because that was the brainwashing from the fan because that's what they knew. Time out. So they saying like with your drawings, they like, you draw so good, architects make money. That's it. That's go. what they saw. Because yeah, they Damn. didn't see artists making money. They right. saw the architects wasn't you an architect? Because I didn't go to school for architecture. <laughs> it's simple. It's, very it's also a lot of math, and that's yeah. not my bag. Measuring. We messed up, man. We didn't know what to do with dude. <laughs> man, dude should have been an architect, man. I ain't have to even go to the league, boy. No, I wanted to circle back what you was just talking about, Hebrew, with the, um, like, growing up in a black household with just, like, you know, limited, probably limited resources as an artist. Yeah. Like, you know, what would you say was your most, like, valuable resource when you were coming up? Honestly, man, my mother. Yeah? Like, if, if not for her, um, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just real. Like, that's beautiful. My, my mom... My mom was like, she was the youngest of, of 14 kids. She was the only one that really got away from Chicago, you know, experienced the world. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, it just opened her up to a lot of different things. And having a son that was just all about like, I want to just draw, I'm creative, I'm collecting comic books. And mm -hmm. like moms, you know, we never had a lot of money, but she would make a way for me to you know, do that. here, go, go get you some. That's comments. your thing. Go, yeah, you, yeah. You know, and so if if I hadn't had that, you know, you probably would have lost the drive because that was my education. Mm -hmm. You know, like all of those things that she that, that I begged her to spend money on, that was my education. And you know, like I mean, there's there's countless times where like if she didn't have it, she figured it out. You know, and but I had it. But again, she put things in front of me to give me, you know, just alternates. To, Cause again, it wasn't no, you know, we didn't have social media. We, yeah. we couldn't see the whole world mm -hmm. back then. So she gave me as much of a, a, you know, a worldview as she possibly could, you know, living on the South side. That's Did perfect, you feel man. like it was ever like a stigma on kids that drew? Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, what, I, like I, what is that stigma? But the stigma was, Listen, you got called many a names, right? Some three-letter word, you know what I mean? You got <laughs> see this. See, I never, I never. He was a hothead, so it was like I, I associated drawing with him. 
Like, I saw my mom draw. I'm like, you either an artist that's like, you went to school and did all this other shit, or it's like niggas like him that do this and tattoo. Like, that's the only people I thought drawing was like some shit that just came from your soul yeah. or some shit. Like, nah, but you could do it. But the thing was, like, in grade school, the thing that the thing I was, I, I say I was fortunate with was that I, I had height and I had hands. Yeah. And, I wasn't, you know, like I was sort of throwing them. Yeah, I had to. Shit, I'm just making sure to listen to. You got the right. No, we got the right (laughs) guest here today. Hey, hey, I'm just letting y'all know that man was not talking about pain, man. All right, let's keep moving. Because you know what I mean, like I, because I, you, you you fall, you fall in that middle. Nowadays, kids, man, if they creative, it's cool, right? It's like it's it's socially accepted because you know within within society right now, like you have rappers, right, that talk about artists, right, like. I'm, I got, you know, Chance shouting me out in songs and kids yeah. like, oh shit, he be yeah. rapping, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, it's, and Jay shouting out, you know, bringing people, Basquiat and bringing people, you know, countless other artists by yeah. way of his rhymes. That didn't exist in that, in my era. So if you were creative, one, you got ridiculed just because, probably out of jealousy, man, yeah. nigga, what you want to draw for? Real talk. Real talk. Or it was just people not being able to understand what you were doing. And so... For me, I was always the kid that played basketball, but I was always the kid. I hung out with the ball players, you know, the cool kids, and then I hung out with the nerds, the, 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 the folks that were over on the island, the kids that got picked on. And so for me, like, I was in that middle space trying to keep those cool kids off the backs of these nerds. And so that's sort of the space I fell into. And then by the time I got to high school, it was just, it was easier because it was like, man, I could draw. I'm tall and I'm playing basketball. So I'm gonna do all y'all tattoos. Every every mm-hmm. player on the De La Salle basketball team, everyone had a tattoo that I drew. I didn't make, I didn't do the tattoo, but I they were, hey man, I'm trying to get it. Mm, he drew the idea. I yeah. designed it. And so that gave me enough, like, you know, cred with them, like, man, this is my guy. And so that's how they start introducing me. And this is big Hebrew, bro. He, man, he's nice, he's crazy with the shit. Copy. That's Rose Hill. <laughs> he found his own little lane. Yeah. That's Ro- I, I mean, just to help, I, I think it's cool. You remember when I got hurt in gym class? I had to do something similar. I got hurt in gym class, and I had to play a game, like, wrapping my wrist up. And we, we won the game, but I just, like, I couldn't, I believe I couldn't shoot. So I had to go to the basket the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, we should, I should have been able to sit down, but it was a tougher game than whatever. My coach basically told me, you no longer could go to gym because you thirsty and you want to play all hard and shit. <clears throat> so I had to do my gym class where I would go and help the special ed kids. Through, through helping the special ed kids is when I really found my lane as a person. Like, I didn't talk to people. I really kind of walked around with my head down. I had a rage to me because I just felt like nobody believed me I was going to the league. I really didn't feel like I was shit until this nigga started coming to my games. Like once he started, you remember the, we was talking mm-hmm. about it the other day. Nigga come to the game, I tried to dunk his ass, everything, screaming this. I told you come, I yeah. told you come to the game. Yeah. Like that's when I felt. I had charged. just walked in too. I was yeah. standing by the door. I had just walked in. I turned up. I'm you see me, nigga. Uh, that's how I felt though. But I like prior to that, it was like I really was in school, like in my own head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I started to realize, like, bro, these kids don't get to do it. They don't have any athletic abilities. They got disadvantages in life and they treat every day like 
this like great. It's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's like every day is cool and it's like everything I ever did, they just couldn't believe that they knew me then. Good things start happening to me in the media and I still was just talking to them. But I know that that lane where it's like you it's like pulling two worlds together mm -hmm. that ain't supposed to mm -hmm. make sense and you just made it all make yeah. sense. Like that yeah. shit is the best feeling in the world. I just wanted to put kudos to that, my dog. Appreciate it. <laughs> I did. I wanted to put some kudos to it. Now I get to ask my question, cause this the one. Okay. This okay. the one. We were gonna touch on cartoons and comic books. Okay. Cause I've been trying to get my brothers to understand. Batman can only whoop Joker's ass. <laughs> like, I don't know how many no, ways. No, no, no. Start start from the beginning. How though. many Where? ways can Iron Man blast these people? No, like, no, no, no. How he, many he times can, tell you. can Superman almost lose and then win? I just, I really need to know. Because I would like. Is your problem with the movies or the comics? I think it's the tights. What's with these? They don't tights? wear tights no yeah, more. Yeah, what's with these? They don't tights? wear tights no more. You see, keep thinking, and then, and then the other issue is how y'all defend them, because they don't wear tights no more. It's how y'all yeah, jump right. in front of the bullets. These are not but, y'all bullets on, to catch. Hit, hit. No, it's, here, there you go. Here, let him go. Let him go. There there go. Just what you're saying right now, right? <laughs> you don't like, like it. How many? Yeah. No, 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 no. Because I, I listen. Trust. I go back and forth, but how many movies and shows can you watch about dudes that sell drugs, undercover cops? And niggas that get shot in the hood. It's a lot it's of different the, versions of that, though. That's the same. That's thing his point. Yeah, it's that's still point. Batman. No, that's you're talking. No. It's still right. the same voice. Right, right. But that's what, nigga. There's 19 books of power right now. Okay. And he watches that shit. 19. You know I love it. Right. Hey, you know it, he might. Hey, man, he acted now. He might I'm, pop up on I'm the not, show. Y'all listen. Man. I'm not. I'm not discouraging no, not. power. Listen. Everything has its place. And, and you know. But you're saying it's still a repetition. But, but what I'm saying is there's always going to be, there's no, nothing new under the sun, right? And, you know, just how stars is going all the way to the bank on power, that's why they, it's going to keep coming. We're going to go back to slavery. It's going to be power, kunta power mm -hmm. in a few minutes, right? And this is the same thing with comics and cartoons. Like, there's too much money to be made. Batman made, what, close to a billion dollars? Mm -hmm. the, the last one? It was three hours long. And I watched right? every bit of that. And I ain't gonna lie, I watched it too. Every, I but all, all of those things, all that, all that IP, all that does, you think about it like this. Disney has Iron Man, they've got the Avengers, the whole thing, right? Those are just big commercials, expensive ass commercials, so that when you go to these parks, your kids are asking to be, for the Captain go. America Theme, Mickey Mouse ears and it's just keeping it going. That's why all that money. It's that's the what merch. The made. That's, that's it's the saying, toys. I'm saying they really not making the movies for us. They making them for the new kids. No, I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm no, not no, saying no. that. They, I'm saying. That, so back to my no, thing. No, no, no. You generalize it. Go. No, you generalize it. No, 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 no. You generalize enough. He's sick of getting whooped. No, this was my point. These like comic books and movies are different. You can you can release. No, you can release a movie when you want to. Dependent. Listen, 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 listen. Walt Disney. What Kanye, what Kanye say? <laughs> tell him, tell him we got it here. No, we got it's, Hebrew, Disney. But, it, but it's not like that though. So these characters, these characters that you're talking about, have transcended decades. That's what I'm saying. So meaning, let's listen, meaning, I'm just, listen, let's transcend some listen, new characters. Listen, bro. you did just you, brought did a you Batman. Watch Black Panther. Yes. Did you like Black Panther? No. Really? Why? What was wrong with Black Panther? They basically made it a magical mystery, like a magical thing that black people could help us actually save the world. Why can't black people save They the world? made it magical. Y'all made it a magical world. That sucked. Well, it that's, was, that's what it was, though, that's in the comics. Yeah, it's comics. 
You see what I'm saying? That comic been around for a long time, right? A very long time. That's why I hated it. All I saw was why do it have to be like this magical world created where because black people are only smart in Wakanda, it's like the rest of us is a dumb. Comic. Like it's I'm fiction. just saying it's when fiction. everybody was like, Yo, what's the hero? I was this. like, bro, they just finessed us. We was lame. But why why is it that a lot of the shows that get greenlit for black people, right? Like is about the extremely overly intelligent off the charts in terms of intelligence, yeah. drug dealer, mm-hmm. right? That is, you know, finessing and finagling in the hood and is building his army, is building da da da. Like, you're, you're, you're speaking, it's two different extremes, right? And I think for what you're saying, and again, I, I, I appreciate it all, so I'm not, I'm not cursing. No, no, without, you, know, you playing devil's advocate. But yeah, we can find some middle ground, you know, some, some other films, some other ideas. And I think that that's a big, big flaw in Hollywood if I'm being honest, is that everything is 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 sort of a recycled, you know, mm-hmm. trend. Old IP, old shit just gets a new rapper on it, right? A lot of these things, if Hollywood sees that the trend is going one way, oh man, Black Panther. That's a black guy in a Panther suit. That's gonna make money. <laughs> got the Chuck Taylor. I'll order. Got the Chuck give Taylor. me four of those films. I need four. <laughs> For real. You know? That's how then how, how, John, 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 how can we do Black Panther in the hood? Yes. Okay. How do we do that? How do we really What's the next, make it What's the next film? How What's do the we next really film? take it? Yes. Bl- uh, Black Panther, he leaves Wakanda, comes to Oakland. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. <laughs> so, no, that's crazy. But Give him a mohawk. Right. Give him a mohawk. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Let him wear Jordans this but no, time. But there's there's not enough there's not enough sort of again it, it's it, some of it's there it exists but you have to really search for it yeah. as a part. Yeah. like like I look at and this is to, this is away from sort of the superhero right. conversation Nothing but just is. in terms of like what what we are being served in media like I look at you know Snowfall dope show I love that you know what I mean I you mm-hmm. know the snowfalls the powers but it pisses and stuff like you that. off a little bit no no it, it doesn't it it doesn't again it's entertainment and it's it's done well so I you know but I just feel also that there should be something else right over here and then you have shows like Atlanta right I love Atlanta I love Atlanta too right but I feel like we us our folks yeah. right are conditioned to appreciate. The, the other thing, right? More. And then are so quick to call something like Atlanta weird or because they don't, you know, fully understand it upon first approach. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my guys who I have conversations with and I'm trying to, you know, man, see Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. And man, yeah, sorry, man. Fell asleep on that shit. Yeah. You know, like, it got, it, I ain't gonna lie, Atlanta has some, I mean, it's got some episodes that are kind of quirky that'll go left on sure. you. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I can appreciate, that's what, what I'm saying is just that level of appreciation. I can appreciate that they're taking those risks mm-hmm. because a lot of these other shows don't take those risks. It makes you yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. And the other shows, like, we're going to take that's a the artist. Risk. That's we're, the artist. We're, we're going to take a risk, all right? Our main Back character, Jimmy, the drug dealer, <laughs> we're going to shoot him 19 times. Yeah. And then by next season, it's a question. Is he still alive? Is he? Is Jimmy alive? <laughs> and we know he is. Right. And we know Jimmy's coming oh, back. We know Jimmy's coming right. back. Hey, you need to do voiceovers. (laughs) Check it out. Circling back to Atlanta. It's, you know, crazy that they call that show Atlanta. My first introduction to some a little left was going to Atlanta, coming from Chicago. When I went to school in Atlanta. Where'd you go to school? Georgia Tech. Okay. I don't worry. I was all on y'all. That's what I was finna get to. I was all on (laughs) y'all, Kim. All through the, all up through the. (laughs) I did a lot of. (laughs) 
all the hall, bro. You scouting. Yeah, yeah, before practice, you know, offer a couple scholarships. One o'clock, one to spell. Official Both business, yeah. Cool. Official visit, unofficial visit, whatever you wanted to the dormitory was cool. Sounds illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. Sounds. Yeah, I rarely, I rarely signed a player, but yeah, I spent a lot of time on y'all campus. What was it like your time in Atlanta? I think I don't. I think we were kind of close in that in that time period. When, what year? I'm uh, early 2000s. Oh no, no. When when? I'm not that old. So I was 2008, nine, 2009 coming nine. in. I left in 11. So I left Atlanta around the time then, and you you that you I was were, coming yeah, in coming there. in. Yeah. Uh. So it, it it honestly it didn't change much. You know what I mean? Clark AU Center, which you know I love and has a place in my heart, but it was a it was a big high school. Man. Hey man, you know for all y'all that are on the audio book, <laughs> <laughs> the, the smile that just hit this man's face, he said he enjoyed Atlanta. He awesome. loved Atlanta. Everybody yeah, loved, he loved Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, that's why Ludacris told y'all he was from there. He mm-hmm. was born in Chicago though. How you feel like Atlanta, if at all, gave you some influence as far as like a lot. Oh, a whole lot, like honestly, because Atlanta was, man, you know, Atlanta is like a big. It's not a city. Atlanta is like a big ass town. It really is. I mean, it's come, especially coming from Chicago. Like I grew up, you know, Bronzeville, but like I went to school, grade school. I went in the city. I was at Ogden, over by you know, um, like the Waldorf, Bloomingdale's. I was right down there, so I experienced the city day to day. And in high school, same thing. Atlanta was just like. Yeah. And Atlanta is it's a switch up. Yes. Everything's 30 minutes away from each other. 30 minutes but 15 at the same time. Yeah. Like how's it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was the first place I uh I don't know if you had this adjustment. I had a shock factor when I got to Atlanta of why do you, why are you talking to me? It was so many people talking to me. I felt like um, they was trying to set me up. Try you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like all Just y'all country, nice. all y'all like mumbling y'all shit, and all your senses is like falling off way early. But <laughs> you like too nice. Like, oh, I appreciate it, bro. Like. What's going on, bro? Like, how out here today, bro? Like, uh, like it was just like, bro, you got so many words for me, and you don't know me, G. And I got headphones on. But that's some, that's some Chicago mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Chicago thing. I felt the same way. <laughs> you here. feel like that, like, like bro? bro what, you what you mean? Good morning. Yeah, I'm right. not the, right. the sit off kid. <laughs> like, bro, go to sleep. Got bro. the guards up. But, but no, Atlanta. You know, I went to school. I went to Clark chasing Spike, in the sense, you know, Spike went to Morehouse. Spike Lee. Mm. Went to Morehouse. I wanted to do film. That's your number one inspiration? Growing up? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Ooh. But, Ooh. I mean, no, shout out to Spike. No shade. Ooh. Oh, no, no shade. that's my dog. I just like beef. No shade. No shade. There's no beef. No shade I'm just Mr. joking. No, no beef. You create beef here. Jerky. That's what you're doing. Uh, create beef. <laughs> jerky. Uh, <laughs> nah, it was um, like, you know, kind of going back to the family talk. Like, my pops, his whole thing was like, I wanted to go to Parsons. I wanted to go to New York okay. or Columbia. Okay. For art, pops was like, nah, no. like, I'm not even coming to come out a dollar <laughs> on that mission. You Damn. know what I mean? And it was just like, find something that could at least like a happy put medium. You, yeah, just put you in a position to make some money continuously. You know, in, in a field as opposed to like just being art artist solo. 
and I always loved film, always. And so, you know, it was like, as it was when I was in high school, my, my junior, senior year, I was making little short films. I was doing little stuff. So went to undergrad at Clark because Spike took all his classes at Clark. He went to Morehouse, but they don't have a communications department, so he took it at Clark. So, all right, that's where I'm going to go. And, you know, when you get there, you you realize that, like, Clark's main focus, or at least at that time, was primarily television and radio. It wasn't film. So your experience is pretty much what you make it. You know what I mean? So you had to find it. But I think within that, it allowed me to, like, sort of figure my way through. And then, you man, you know, it's a lot of different kinds of black folks in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I had never experienced that. Mm. Chicago niggas. That's All the same. It, Man, all the cookie same. cut. Real talk. And so <laughs> I had talk. never experienced like all these different kinds of black folks. And so it was just so, you know, opening to me to be like, you know, just having all these different again, I'd be on Tex campus, Emory, I'm I'm you know, oh, you just kicking it over oh, there with that. I was everywhere. I was everywhere. Because Damn, what? I was, you know, just having different tribes. Different tribes because I was just so open to the fact of like, man, this we come in. All these shades? Like, I've never seen all these shades of black before. So you was like, was you ever just like on campus drawing people? No, I wasn't on campus. Well, I will get in trouble. But yeah, I was on campus. I was doing some drawing sessions from time to time. <laughs> hey, man, since you said since you said Spike isn't your greatest uh, inspiration, who would be as a director? He's, I mean, no, it's it's not that he's not. He's he's definitely one. Um, you know, I, I loved his films growing up. Um, but you know, it's a lot of lot of great directors. Uh, obviously, like you know, this is where we fall off. Like a lot of the guys that, <laughs> that, did, the, that did the, you know, the like the Spielbergs. Obviously, like the George Lucas. Hey, no, let me let me clean this, this up. Let me clean this up. Let me clean this up. That was great. Dark Knight is one of the best films I've ever seen okay. in my life. Like, I, I, I don't not appreciate that. I See, love Batman. Have, have you noticed how many Batman references? He just like Batman. I That's love the Batman. Problem. I just only like, like Batman. Batman because Batman is the only one that could be a real nigga on the earth right now. Yeah. Like, he could, I could go get some money and whoop ass at night mm -hmm. and not tell y'all in the morning. Like, that just could happen. Yeah. I could have enough money to make all... Iron Man could happen, too, now that I'm realizing it. Probably couldn't fly and shit. Nigga would burn his legs yeah, off. You feel me? Like, probably couldn't fly, probably couldn't shoot laser right. blasters, but you could make an armor suit and have somebody talking to you like Siri mm -hmm. and whoop ass <laughs> and whoop ass <laughs> all over the like city Siri. if you got the bread to do it. Right. So I like those films and shit. I just don't want y'all to think that I don't like them. I'm just saying, how many years can we watch the same people whoop the same people? I agree with you. I just want to, I just feel like, Okay, next 10 years, let's all just say, okay, let's just give the next different. set of comics. Because there's new people doing new things. Okay, well, I'm going to make a new comic, what it is. and I will cool. hope that y'all could draw me the pictures so that we can make this shit happen. <laughs> What's it going to be about? I, I don't know. Can't like, be Batman. I'm just going to. Can't be Batman. Maybe I should go to Atlanta so that I can see some <laughs> different <laughs> black people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fly to Atlanta so I can see a bunch Atlanta, of different new black yeah. people in there. Yeah, yeah once I see them, yeah, we gonna think something on up, something with a cape. Some nigga, <laughs> some some nigga, took, uh, some nigga took some 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 mutant gin to Magic City. There you go. Yeah, right. Happened. Damn. Spilled. Hey, super man. strippers. Yep. Super hey, strippers. Yeah. There you go. A super so, hoes. I ain't gonna lie though. There are, but we just don't yeah. get to see it because they 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 are fixated on recycling the same IP, the same. Folks, the same characters. So, film and art. When did you switch over? Because you I don't never seem switched. like you want to recycle. No, nah, what? <laughs> what happened was while I was in school, 
I was working for like different production companies. It was actually around it was around the time like Luda was coming out. Roll out. You know, speaking of Luda, but like working for different production companies, working with different directors, doing storyboard work. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it wasn't work. It was literally like, man, so I have this vision, Fun. right? I need you to draw. We're gonna be in the club. And then the bottle's gonna pour right right here. And we're gonna pan past a big booty. Right. And we're gonna find our art. It was boring. It's like I'm drawing butts and and champagne bottles. Right. Like seriously. Like that was the concept boy. Champagne bottles and butts. Was was the good butts though? I mean, my butts are yeah. I I draw the. He put a curve on his butts. With the cuff. Put the S. Yeah. Right. The S curve and the cuff on the butts. butts. Uh, (laughs) Splendid butts. They were splendiferous. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> splendiferous butt. Splendiferous butt. Yeah, nah, so, like, you know, drawing those splendiferous asses. <laughs> that I, is beautiful. I, uh, <laughs> hey, give me that sound bite. I want to be able to play it. Splendiferous. <laughs> Split a different ass. Split different buttocks. That is uh, crazy. Go ahead, my uh, bad. But not, you know, doing that for a while, it it wasn't it wasn't a challenge. It was just like, you know, it, it just, just felt ass cheeks. Yeah, it was stupid. So <laughs> I started painting more. Um, and what was crazy was again, I was in college, so I was working, I was being a I was a waiter at like mm-hmm. at, at Hula Hands. That's great. The kids yeah, remember Hula Hands? That's cool. The kids that wow. were at Hula Hands <laughs> with me all went to the art college across the street, Copy. Atlantic, Atlantic College of Art. So I started going in with them to their classes to the point where I was going so much. I wasn't going to school. I was going to their school, and the teachers thought you, you went to that school. So, you and so I was in role. studio painting classes, and it wasn't until like mid-semester <laughs> at one point where the professor was like, well, let's look at his you see the definition here, da 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 da. And then after the class, when he had called me out for the home, he was like, he was like, Mr. Bradley, I, you know, I don't see you on, <laughs> on my like, breakdown. You're not on the. <laughs> I tell you the truth, man, I ain't in this class. I'm not a student here. But I was going there, and to the point, like, so much, so often that like the janitor staff put yeah. me on the game. They would be like, Look, bro, like, all these kids who take these electives, they got to take art, da 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 da. They don't care. Like, art supplies cost money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't care about the, the money they spent. They leave that shit in their lockers. They leave it in the hallways. So he's like, man, you know, Take twice a month, we clean out. I mean, twice a semester, yeah, you know, we clean yeah. out the lockers. And they look If you want to come up, come on. And I would just pull the truck up, bro, go in there with one of those big old wheel, like those little, like laundry Cart, basket, yeah. cart type things, load up, stretchers, canvases, you know, paper, pencils, everything. Take it to the crib. Hey, man, listen, to all you artists out there, there's no shit. excuse, bro. Nope. <laughs> After that, it was like, you know, paying full time. And then, like, you know, I was doing stuff. Meskeen, remember Meskeen? Hell yeah. yeah. You remember my Meskeen yeah. button up? I he loved Meskeen. Yeah. I didn't fully appreciate it. I went, <laughs> I went to. No, because. I, so they roasted me right now. No, 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 I want y'all, no, no, y'all no, not to slip. Lots y'all of browns, the, the lots of reason, oranges. No, the only reason is because I just looked at it like, man, I could do that shit. And then, no, 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 because he that's how premium. I paid for my senior year of college, bro. I started doing my own shirts. Oh. And so I would literally, like, I would go buy a bunch of blanks and stuff like that and then set up on campus. Me, you know, DJ Drama, 
Yeah, yeah, I did a mixtape with him. Yeah, Drum would sit next to me. He would sell his mixtapes. I would sell my 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 shirts. What? You was to school with Drum? Yeah. Drama, Canon, yeah, like those were my guys. Mm. So you know Ariane, all of them. Yeah. Oh my God. Atlanta small. small. Yeah, Atlanta small. Forever, I love Atlanta. And and that's who bought my first real painting. When Drum started DJ doing Drum. things to get grills mm. and start making money, he pulled up on me in the in the in the in the bins. <laughs> I, we had a store called Classic Souls. Damn. And it was in Lil Five. John pulled up on me. He was like, man, I love this, this piece, but I want to sell it to me. I was like, sell it, man. Never sold a painting. Like, I sold shirts and shit. Right. So I sold it for $800. Bro, you couldn't tell me shit. Right. Oh, for sure And then especially not. since it was the homie, because those are, that's always, that's the last point of validation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, for your homies to tell you you dope is, is one thing. But for your homies Pay to for invest service. in you, that was like, that was the thing that took me to a place where it was like, oh, I can do this shit. So that was your monetization. That was your that, moment. That, that was the moment. DJ Drama. Yeah. <laughs> gangsta Grizzles. It was a Gangsta Grizzles, you gangsta bastards. Grizzle. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was Drum. Drum bought your first painting. Yeah. What is the painting? Yeah, I was just finna Describe the painting. Take me there. I'm going to close uh, my eyes. I'm going to pretend <laughs> I'm on the audio. It's, it's sort of a reimagining. There's a, uh, a Roy Ayers album cover. It's, okay. a, it's a cypher. So it's like the camera's low and it's looking up and all the guys are looking down into the camera. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third eye that's sort of in the middle of it. And so I, I recreated it in my style and you know just kind of added my own little tweaks to it. And that, that was the, the whole conceit of the piece. That's crazy. Yeah. He bought it. $800. He's still, got, he's still up in his crib. Hey, now that you done told that story, <laughs> hey. DJ Drama, I don't know how much that, th- <laughs> hey, listen, we gonna have to get that thing appraised now, dog. Listen. Hey, John, I saw John, he's like, so man, so what, what you think, uh, what you think Real piece talk, bro. Yeah. Your nah. first piece? That was the first major piece, man. That's first like, major that's piece. like my, uh, my mother got this piece she drew of my, um, grandmother. my grandmother, uh-huh. uh, her mother, and, um, the piece is so fire, dog. like, if she was to ever, like, commission it off to somebody or like somebody ever bought it. It's one of them things that because I know it was my first time realizing like my mom is like incredible with right, that shit. Yeah. Like I'm like, you're like that. Mm-hmm. If that painting was floating somewhere that I didn't have it, I would later on, I would put Pay the price on it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, nigga, that yeah, shit. That yeah, that's yeah. a million, nigga. Yeah. You can have it, cash. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, do you do you ever feel like that about one of your pieces where you just like, bro, I'll buy that back myself if my daughter wanted it type of vibe? Very rarely. There's a few pieces out there, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a few. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very rare because it's like, man, you know, you get to a point where you just create yeah. and create and create. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, like I, I, I fall in love with something I make and then it's done. And then I'm like, I'm on to the next day and I fall in love with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and and on and on and on again. So, very rarely are those pieces that I'm like, damn, I loved. I wish I would have kept it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, anything I just like that much, I just keep. I mean, I, I, that's got to be enjoyable though to like give away art and see it in different places. Well, we don't give it away. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we don't give it away. <laughs> Uh, he, he made it sound like we just throwing the right, art. Right. We, right, we hit the club art, like art, art, art. No, no. everybody, art, making it rain. Right, art, <laughs> art, art. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant like, 
to to have people that they're gonna take that painting and appreciate it. Yeah. Like, uh, of course y'all gonna get y'all payment. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never did y'all like that. I always paid for my shit. So I ain't that type of dude. But uh, that's got to be a good feeling um, to see somebody else celebrate it yes, in so many different for realms. Real, for real. Like, when did you When do you feel like, like, I, I, I guess I would, as an artist, I would never want to be uh, uh, mass produced mm -hmm. in a way. But what is that like as far as, like, Cause you got, like I said, there's a lot of kids that their issue with taking the next step with being an artist yeah. is how the fuck do I monetize do I do it? it? Yeah. Like when the bills come on Friday, mm -hmm. <laughs> how do I get this shit done and still get my enjoyment out of it? Like wh what's the steps that you would say, like after drama bought your painting and you realize like, what's the steps that you took? Was it more like in your face on the street, like, yo, check out my pieces, or is there like certain steps that you feel like this is the better route? It, it, it really depends <laughs> because there's so many different sections of art, right? So let's, for, from my standpoint, it was like drawn bought a piece. I wanted to be in galleries, right? Because as I understood it, with my little bit of knowledge at the time, like that was the natural progression. If you want to be a visual artist, a painter, a sculptor, you got to get in galleries because they're the ones that'll bring the collectors to you, right? That's changed a lot today. Right now, the power is literally on your phone, right? And so if you're working, you're working hard, you're building collections, you're creating stuff, you can, you can get instant gratification right, right here. You post it, look what I just did, right? right? And a lot of times with a lot of young artists that are coming up, if they do that and they're consistent, the audience will find them, right? And then people will start to DM in the process of like, hey, can I, you know, would like to buy this piece? The hard part is understanding your value early because, you know, a lot of times, you know, young artists, you're broke, you know, so I can. And again, you have to you got to You know, you got to crawl before you walk. But, you know, at the point in which you're walking. Right. It's like, who are you walking with? You know, and, and that's sort of where a lot of galleries will come in. And you know, try to the, the, the flim flam, right? Oh, yeah. let's rep we'll represent you and we'll do you know, da, 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 da. and you know, the, the the problem that I have with the current gallery system, which has been the old gallery system, is and this is what a lot, a lot of young cats don't realize, is that galleries take fifty percent. God dang. Exactly. So you as a painter, you get taxed. Oh, yeah. I get taxed. Yeah. But I don't get taxed. <laughs> Fuck around. Yeah. I could but take you get taxed from me. Yeah, basically. That's I'm taxed. You go get, get your lick back. You right? Get your lick back. I like that. Yeah. But but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that. But again, nowadays, depending on where you want to be as an artist, you don't necessarily need the galleries. You don't need somebody in your pockets that hefty. Mm. Right? And like like my homie, uh, my man Kendall from Chicago, he, he created an organization called Art House. Right? And I, I kind of, you know, I was trying to work with him and sow these seeds, but different organizations that can rep artists, develop young artists, but aren't taking that nut, that cut, right? They're not taking 50 off top, right? right? He's taking a small percentage, but he's selling your work and he's putting money right back in your pocket and also giving you game and, 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 and allowing you to evolve and grow as an artist, which That's is so. super important. That's a lot so. of galleries don't do that. And you it, said it's called Art House. It's called Art House. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's still pumping? Yeah, I mean, it's, he, he, they just did that. They just had a really huge, successful show in Chicago during Art Expo. Shout out to Art House. Yes, sir. Chicago. 
Um, but again, there's there's different folks that are doing it like that, but it all just depends on where you want to be. You know, there's graphic artists, there's young graphic artists. I think for kids that like graphic art or illustrations, it's just a matter of being consistent and putting your work out there. Social media is the easiest way, man, is to have that portfolio right there to then, you know, to go. And the only other thing I'll say is, man, no matter what division or what space in art you want to be in, you just have to be persistent. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't about bothering somebody. Fuck bothering somebody. I don't care if I bother you. Like, I'm going to bother you and let you know, hey, I'm here. I want to do a thing. If you tell me after the 15th time I hit you, email you, text you, whatever, fuck off. All right, cool. I'll fuck off for a couple months. But I'm going to come <laughs> back to you after that, and I'm going to be persistent. A lot of these cats, man, you know, they, 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 they're young. They don't realize that persistence gets you, you know, yeah. further in life. And, and so, sometimes you, it, your work as you're growing, it's like maybe that next collection is the one that hits. 100%. It's, uh, I think the, the coolest relationship in the art form of that and music, I always liked music. Mm -hmm. People always ask me like, why you like music so much? And I'm like, it's the only other thing that's kind of like this real estate that's just in the air. Mm -hmm. I can make a song that can make me money for the rest of my life. I can make a song, put my kids' names under it and they can make money. Exactly. Whether I'm here or not, it's just unlimited real estate where it doesn't take up space in my fucking house. Mm -hmm. Art is the same thing where it's like, bro, that's just having your gift and having your, your yeah. creations in your head. And yeah. it's like that can forever monetize itself. It's just a cool thing to have. Do you feel like uh, social media changed the game? Yeah, absolutely. Is I that the biggest game changer, though, for art? I think so because it again it 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 it's makes the world so small, right? And I think you know you have early adopters and late adopters, and I think for for you know a lot of older artists where they're sort of just now over the past couple of years jumping on it, you know they they see I think the value and the power in it. Like you look at like during the pandemic, everybody had to be in their own space, right? I think the art world actually won yeah, out of thrived. every industry. It's just they thrive because I gotta be in my own space. You know, I need change shit. Ugly. I need I need something in here I and can live with, something time. that's gonna speak to me. You got time, you're in there. And so like a lot of artists, a lot of institu institutions, I mean not institutions, a lot of galleries really sold an incredible amount of work wow. due to that fact. But that doesn't happen primarily without social media. You know, like I can Go make a painting today, post it, and I'm guaranteed that X amount of people will hit me up. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, is that, just checking, is that for sale? Blah, 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 is that available? And, you know, it's, it's the power in that, like direct to consumer. I don't need a gallery to say, hey, let me sell that for and you. Take the percentage and do all this right. other stuff. To, to take half of my shit, right, <laughs> to, to answer an email. Favorite piece? Of mine? Yeah. yeah. Shit. I mean, I know you don't want to name my brother's favorite piece. Um, what is my favorite? I don't. I don't. The my favorite piece is yet to be created. That's fire. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite piece? Oh, you know that's Flyboy. Flyboy. Okay. Yeah. He's my favorite, really, just overall yeah. character, just because I really we relate to that, like the dress up, yeah. uh, makeshift costumes. No, like that, we grew up with that's that. That's exactly the essence of it, right? And and with Flyboy, when I created those characters. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but just about this idea of like, 
bringing something into the world that you want to see, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, growing up on comics and cartoons, I love Batman, you know, my Batman brother. Shout out to Batman. Um, even though he ain't helping the hood. Um, <laughs> right, he, ain't though. Right, he never is, right, though. I ain't gonna lie. Right. That's a week about Did him. you ever see the Saturday Night Live sketch about Batman? It's the funniest <laughs> no, sketch ever, bro. I did not, but we will cue you it up. You have to cue it up later. <laughs> it's like all these people talk about Batman. They're like, Batman, yeah, no, Batman, he, he broke my daddy nose. He came down to the... You know, it's like all the shit he does good for all the other people, but right. when he comes to the hood, like... It's all fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. He so, did us bogey. Exactly. He the police. He the ops. He the ops. He the ops. He the ops and black. But, you know, when I was when I was painting early, a lot of the work that I was doing was, like, super aggressive. It was, like, you know, speaking from a place of, like, young black angst and, you know, like, super political and socially charged. And, you know, I, I, it was hard to, to sell that. You know what I mean? You can't, because there's not a lot of people that want that hard or stark of a message to live with every day, right? And so it was like, how do I change aesthetically, but not change, you know, in here and in here? And so I was talking with a lot of like older artists and, you know, one of uh, like the OG OGs, he basically just told me like, man, you have to paint, start from what you know, right? What do you love and what do you know? And then how do you take that and meld that into the message or this, this, that, and the third? And I kind of accidentally landed on this idea of, well, again, I, I loved heroes, right? Like superheroes. But I was like, who, who are our heroes? Like, we don't have them no more. Talk to them, man. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just like, you know, obviously within certain, certain times, we had those that were outspoken. Right. And it's a whole nother conversation about those that are outspoken that are no longer here because their words, you know, strike fear in other people and they have to silence them. But looking for those heroes, looking who they were. And I, I found this book. I was actually home from college and found this book. And the book was, you know, about World War Two. And they had this little section about Tuskegee Airmen. And I'm not going to lie, I'd heard the name a bunch, you know, growing up, I'd met a few but had no real reverence for like who they really were, right? It was like, oh, this is the war vet. But once I started reading into who they were, these young guys that at a time were like, you can't even come in this room with me because I'm a different shade or I'm a different, you know, creed. You got to go around the back. You got to ride in the back of that bus. You can't drink out that same fountain, but you got to fight my war. And not only do you got to do this shit, you got to go operate these mechanical fucking flying machines, right? And do this. But not only did they do that shit in true fashion, because we, we, we show up and show out, they did everything successful. None of them died. No casualties. They never lost a man on a mission. And so you, when you think about the power behind that, but also the power, think about when you're flying, whether you're scared to fly or not. When you're up in that air, how small the world is, and when you think about problems in that way, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like God-like, right? Like, like what's, you know, again, we're ants to God, so to speak, right? It's like these little, little, little beings, little creatures with little problems, right? And that's, that's a way of, of, like, having this level of escapism from that tension, from that time, from that turmoil. And so I found, like, there was such a power in it, man. There was such, you know, such a, 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 an amazing idea and a statement of influence that I was like, you know what? That's where I want to start. And so I started drawing these kids with these 
you know, sort of bug eyes and these, these aviator goggles and these helmets, not knowing what I was doing. I just did it because I was just influenced. But then I had this idea. I was like, what if, what if there was a point in time, right, where somebody that commissioned this animation to happen and it was about these little black kids that, you know, were sort of modeled after the Tuskegee Airmen, mm-hmm. right? Just as f- from an inspirational standpoint, but they never put it out. So I did a show based around that idea, basically like lying to people like, oh yeah, this is found, these are found images or recreations from a thing that, right, but it never did. It was just an amount, you know, something from my mind. And so it took off. It was like people gravitated towards it without sometimes even understanding what I was trying to do, but it was the, the aesthetics, the hopefulness that they saw in some of these paintings and these characters that really just kind of fueled them. And then as I was starting to have these shows, man, like little kids would come up to me, like little kids coming to art shows. I had never seen shit like that before. Right. Little black kids at that, sure. bringing me like their little Play-Doh made Flyboys and little Mama characters and, you know, 60 year old Polish women. I really like, you know, this. this <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, dog, <laughs> my dog got access in yeah. the bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, Even on I, I just, I saw long. that like people, you know, there was something there, right? And so again, I just, I continue to explore it, explore it, explore it. But, you know, now I kind of use those characters like, um, more like Charles Schultz in the Peanuts, right? Like, when you look at Charles Brown, Charles, Charles Brown, Charlie Brown, those strips and those comics were about, more about the creator first. I can say whatever I'm thinking, what I'm going through, all this shit, and I put it on these kids, and they're my filter out to the world. So it becomes palatable, it becomes, you can engage with it, it's funny, it's entertaining. And so I start to do the same thing. This is how I feel, this is my angst. Fuck you, I love you, I hate you, I don't like this, I love this, I feel like this. I could do all of those things with these characters. And so there's a real power in that, and so I just continue to sort of explore it and explore it. That's so fire. (laughs) Speaking back to like the creation of the characters, how much of that did you, like how much of that was you and how much of that was more like perspective? Like how you bring up the Tuskegee Airmen, you know, reference. I think it was half, it was sort of half and half. Perfect. You know, honestly, like, and I think that, you know, in, with speaking to perspective, obviously the older you get, the wiser you get, you mm-hmm. know, your perspective on a lot of things change. I ain't gonna so, lie. After hearing you say that, that I'm looking at the pain in my mind, it looked different. Mm-hmm. The yeah. color scheme. I always wondered about your color schemes, though. Your color schemes reminded me of that. You know the color scheme for uh, the Good Times painting? Oh, yeah, Ernie Barnes. Ernie Barnes, yeah. Ernie you Barnes. know I love that painting. I always love the paint, the paint and the finish on that because it's like you can light a room a certain way on a painting. Yeah. If you light it a certain way, if the, the sea is blue enough, it, it make me feel a way. But that dark blue with that tint of nighttime that... It's it's damn near like a, a, a only a, only a few only, I feel like only pe- few people that see Flyboy take that as like a happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to know a little bit of struggle and know a little bit of pain to see like no, nah, that's I feel it. That's the ingredient. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's, that's I, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that brown feeling of going up. Like it's like not everybody gonna trigger that way, but it's like I always wonder where that came from. It's just like to hear you break all that shit down. Man. <laughs> 
No bullshit, boy. I want to raise the price on your oh, pay. Yeah, My man. goddamn <laughs> self. I want to tell y'all how much these goddamn pays. I broke some shit. What, what NFT the second, stuff? Yeah, the second word is going to be NFTs. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Let's break it down. Um, <laughs> seems like there's like some discord. Yeah, he don't like them. No, 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 it's not that. I, I, it's, it's, yeah, man, I'm coming from a place of like physical creation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's I, like, th- I always felt like that's where the value was. Yeah. It's honestly, it's been me sort of waiting it out, right? Seeing where this thing is headed. And I think now, again, there's a lot of people that are adopting it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different opportunities to engage. So for me now, it's the time where I'm like having some real conversations and trying to figure it out. But I think, you know, again, all of those things, man, Web3, like it, that, the, the, the evolution of all of that, like I don't, I want to be early in mm-hmm. into that space because I can appreciate this moment, right, even though I don't fully understand it, but also right. being able to, to do certain things that are different. So if I have an NFT, you know, one of the things that I would like to do is like, you know, it's about you holding on to it, right, right? To, 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 to show the appreciation, increase the value, et cetera. So you hold on to your NFT for four or five months, I'm going to send you a bronze statue, right? So now the, 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 the value of that NFT just went up, Copy. right? And so, but, but again, it also speaks to my world, right? The physical object, mm-hmm. you know, like I can't fully wrap my brain around, but it's not really for me. For you, to, yeah, right? to, yeah. Like, man, I'm going to flex on you. Look, plus the, Type. <laughs> that I can't really touch Ooh. or hold. Yeah. Real you, know JPEG, <laughs> you know, but I, I I do understand it to the degree in which, like, I watch how my kids engage in, you know, a lot of these things, gaming, etc. So there you go, dad. Shit, man. Yeah. Shout out to these shorties. Shout out to the to the babies. <laughs> I actually have to shout my daughter out because she told me before I got on here. Yeah. So I couldn't just say my kids. Go I ahead. Give her an individual mm. shout out. Yeah. Go ahead, run yeah. it down. So yeah. Hero, Mella, Brantley, I love you, baby. Uh, That's your shout out, baby. I, Junie, don't feel left out. I love you, baby girl. <laughs> baby Rue, you know I love you. Pia, Pia. Micah, <laughs> Mike, man. Shout out all the kids. <laughs> you know what's going all on? Channel. All the shorties, cause y'all gonna be on it after this. My yeah. other kids gotta pay me. <laughs> that mean they grown. That's all. Yeah, that's, yeah that's that mean definitely they, they grown. That mean they they eight going on eighteen. Yeah, that somebody that getting the ass whooped too. <laughs> <laughs> someone's someone's getting punched. You just released a new film on uh, Netflix. Tell us about that. Tell us more about the process and the creation. So you know, I uh, <laughs> spent a little time uh, working on this this little film. Uh, now. Um, no, so, <laughs> so I, I did a I did a short film. Netflix has a program they just started called the uh, EFI, so mm-hmm. Emerging Filmmakers uh, Initiative, and um, uh, I did a short film called Iraqs. I tell everybody jokingly, it's like Gremlins but with black folks. Um, the whole kind of conceit behind it was like I just moved into a new place, and you know when you move into a new place, it's a lot of sounds and noises you're not used to. It was that whole thing, and so. I, I was sort of determined during COVID, like, I'm going to do something. I want to shoot a short film. Mm-hmm. And my daughter and I, I had just shown her Gremlins. And so we were, you know, she's like a little film buff like me. She loves it. And so we were just chopping up about, like, let's do, she wants, Daddy, I want to do a scary movie. Oh, yeah. And so I was trying to figure out how to build puppets and do the whole mm-hmm. thing, build these little creatures. And then I got a call from my agent saying, hey, man, Netflix would like to talk to you. <laughs> That's fine. And so... 
they told me about the, the initiative and I was like, Hey, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. And so I pitched it. They liked it. Um, and it was dope, man. It gave me a chance to do something obviously that I love, but also with a real budget and, you know, the, the most sort of sentimental thing is like, do it for my daughter. Right. Dope as and, yeah. and, and, you know, she was the influence behind it, but it also just afforded me the opportunity to like, Checks a bucket list. Right. Like, I grew up on Sesame Street. I grew up on the Muppets. I grew up on, you know. Oh, Lab so it is a it's a puppet. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 uh Jim Jim Henson's uh, Creature Shop who did like Ninja Turtle movie. They did you know they do everything right. They created uh, the character. Well, I created the creatures and then they made them into actual puppets. So um, so Fly Boys on there? No 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 no. So it's just it's the E-Rex. So the the base of the story the the, the story is like. Imagine, you know, Dr. Seuss, right? So mm-hmm. imagine if, like, there's a demonic Dr. Seuss anthology book, right? Like, I know. Just walk with me. Walk with me. Walk okay. With me. Okay. Hold my hand. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Like, a, a, a negligent aunt who's late for babysitting her niece finds a book. You know those, like. This is where the black book. comes in. Right. Skinny right. bitch with no shoulders. See? Yay for president we're there. 2024. Yeah, we're there. We're there. <laughs> um, oh, man, don't do that again. <laughs> um, what, the, what was I saying? Oh, aunts, aunts. Yeah, the aunts aunts aunts. <laughs> um, She, she. <laughs> he better describe her. He like, that bitch was. Skinny with no shoulders. shoulders. I had no goddamn shoulders. Good well put back. Um, she fine. I'm going to power through this shit. I'm not even going to look this way. I'm just going to focus. Um. She find you know the, the the little little public little libraries take a book mm. leave a book the little boxes mm-hmm. she yeah. finds a book and gives it to her niece who loves to read and basically the book sort of describes in poem what the audience just saw mm. right and so the idea is that you know the Iraq smell your fear and doubt they've been stuck in but now they're out you know and basically you know you have until the sand the sand is run to get them back in the book or one you become. Basically, so uh, these creatures come out of the book. Aunt niece freak out. They got to get the creatures back in the book. How do we do it? We figure it out. And by the end, all is well. And they've gone on a journey to, you know, the aunt has learned a thing. The niece has learned a thing. And so, it's, you know, the hardest thing to do is tell a succinct story in 15 minutes. That shit is hard. It's only 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's only 15 it's a short, minutes. It's a short film. So, um, I'm excited was, to watch this. It was, it was a challenge. It, it was a daughter. challenge. Yeah, I mean, but you know, again, it was it was a dope thing, and it's, you know, sort of my my preamble to a few feature films and things that we have set up. Um, one of which is actually a, a superhero uh, thriller with uh, Seth Rogen's company, Point Grey. Fire. And so I'm gonna go ahead and put the um, the little leopard in it. Listen, if you want me to be a superhero, I just want, I will whoop all type of ass. No, I don't need no. You like old school spandex. Like it ain't even going to be like a muscle suit. Just because you said it. That nigga going to look like he's a cat. Yeah, he's going to look like you a part of cat. You know sick about all of it. You throw me in them types, your box office hit. I'm whooping all type of ass. I'm lifting weights all summer. My thighs is going to be popping out all type of rock. I'm gonna look. No, nah, I'm gonna look rock. like it's armor. My tights gonna look like armor. <laughs> how I'm coming. Your tights gonna look like armor. That's how I'm coming, dog. We ask all our guests, "What are you working on improving for yourself personally and at the present time?" 
Ooh, that's a really good question. A lot my, of things. My brother thought of it himself. That's a, that's a really good question. <coughs> yeah, it's a Dominican question. Um, it's not. Improving, always improving my skills. Um, improving my, you know, just, I think my artistry, you know, how, how I create, when I create. Um, improving myself physically. Like, I'm got my fat ass in the gym now. You know, I got, I got all them dad calories. I got the COVID, COVID calories I got to yeah. shake off. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, just always trying to improve. Reading more, you know, just, again, I want to be a better artist. I want to be a better filmmaker, a better father. So yeah. in, those, in those, those three areas, I'm constantly seeking, you know, to, to evolve and to grow. I think that's special, man. It sounds to me like if I could sum it up. He been reading comics. That's what I heard. That's what I <laughs> no, heard. No, I mean, just more, more than that. A consistency. Like, uh, I think COVID did the same thing for me. Um, you hit a point where you start waking up and saying, if I don't leave the house today, I still did a ton of improving mm -hmm. uh, myself as far as my attitude. Um, how I'm able to to communicate with people, respond to people, like working on communicating with my wife was like the biggest thing in, mm -hmm. in COVID. Cause it's like, shit, we gotta deal with it. Ain't nobody right, gonna be right. peacing out, walking <laughs> off, driving off, and nothing like that. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you on that, Ari. Present time, right now. I know we ask this all the time. Mm -hmm. What you what you got? What you improving? Uh, trying to improve my procrastination my need not to do things I know I need to do. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, just getting out of my own way and, uh, you know, staying focused. Kind of like what Hebrew said, like with, uh, you know, staying physically fit and all of that. Like, I do it every now and then, but I got to keep it consistent. I got to get focused, and that's really what it is. I think consistency should be more of it. That's the yeah, word of the day there. Consistency. So all our young artists out there, stay persistent. Stay consistent. consistent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nah, Every. You get your money and then you get an assistant. You hear what I'm saying? Hey, I ain't gonna lie. My nigga's a poet. And they ain't know it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you know he's I mean? a rapper. <laughs> now he gonna charge your ass too. Chogu. <laughs> he gonna charge No. Uh, every show we like to tap in with our fans on social media, they get a chance to ask that burning question that they have that they probably not going to walk past me to ask. So we're going to tap in and ask it today. Ari, what you got for us? All right. Today's listener question. We got, can you remember a time in your interaction with police where it changed your, your perspective as a black man? My interactions with police? Your interactions with police. <laughs> young um, or old? Definitely young. Okay. Old. I, I try to stay out the way and yeah. lighten the voice. Um, <laughs> That's no, why you still to, here. I used, you know, Chicago is, um, you know, obviously a very gang, you know, affiliated mm -hmm. city. And so when I was younger, I used to, you know, do graffiti. Mm -hmm. And whenever, I mean, it was, I remember one time, man, it was just the worst fucking time ever. But we got caught and we were like on the low end. You had a crew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. so, so that's how y'all do them big pieces? Not always. No. Nah. You just, it depends. Like, we, I mean, we all were go, kind of going for self. It's like, oh, doing my thing okay, y'all just, just, we're just doing throw ups, just like bubble letters, something quick, you know what I mean? Just in the hood. But I wasn't even painting at the time. I was on lookout. Mm. And they rolled up sort of the other way, I was, where I, mm. the opposite side of where I was standing. And it was two cops and, you know, two white cops. Of course. And a black cop rolls up in his car. And these dudes harassed us. 
sprayed paint in our face, beat us. Jesus. And basically just left us there. You know what I mean? And so that was my first real experience with police. How old were you? Shit, I was 14, 15. Traumatized. Hell yeah. And so, again, you imagine, and, and, and it was by association, but the, the biggest thing was we were spray painting, right? But they, they didn't catch us spray painting. They, they just, just saw knew. us out there. Yeah. And it was the association that y'all niggas is on some gang shit. Yeah. And so I, we have to teach gangbangers a lesson, and this is how we do it. And so, and you looking at it like, damn, y'all got the wrong kids, bro. We we are the artists. We're the artsiest kids. Right, like you can not, imagine. We're doing this to stay out. They're not about that life. Definitely not about that life. And so, you know, from that point on, it was just like it was always a thing where, like, you know, anytime some shit happened, no matter how tragic or whatever, I was, you know, I had anxiety about calling the police or even mm-hmm. engaging or having conversations. I've been pulled over as an adult man, and I lose my words, yeah, out of fear. Yeah. Honestly, just straight up out of, I got pulled over out here. Nigga, you would have thought I was mute. I was like, he was, he do you did the hands to you? For, for those who, because who are I, I just get, I honestly <laughs> get so fearful. <laughs> I, you know, I, no, no this is sure. no, no, for sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, the lights are shining on you. You got something, you got a cop here, yeah. you got a cop here, then you got another cop at your yeah, back. You're like, am I going to make it home tonight? And, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And so, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, I get that yeah, same feeling. Yeah. I, I'd say it took my arrest mm-hmm. that I had in Atlanta before I realized how to move mm-hmm. with cops. Mm-hmm. I dealt with them in Chicago, but my biggest fear was always how aggressively they would throw us on cars. Yes. Because I feel like that's all we ever had. Like, I never got... Oh, no, I got... I never got locked. I never, I'm saying in Chicago, I've never got actually locked. Like, the most they did was put me in cuffs and sit me on the curb. Mm-hmm. But I always hated in the summer. I felt like, why y'all always putting our face on the hot hood of cars? Yeah. Like, you know what you're doing. 100%. Like, and you know my whole chest, everything is burning. Mm-hmm. And you know it's going to make me mad. You know I'm... I'm obviously going to self-defense kick off or try, and then you're going to say I'm resisting, so you're going to hit me again and get another lick. It's just like, bro, you know I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. And my biggest fear was always, like, the times that I used to get out of trouble because I was a hooper, so people would just be, oh, he hooped. Like, and I get the, I see him do my friends bogus, and I used to, I was always the kid that had this, like, little heartbeat that was like, Dude, you got to jump in. Like, you can't let him just, just right, exactly. you see what I'm saying? So I'm like, one day I'm about to get in one of these like decision-making modes where it's like, you either I'm going to let you like beat up my brother or beat up my little homie. Yeah, or I got to come to their aid and just take a charge for some bullshit for hitting a cop because I don't want you to kill him. But it's like, seeing that shit, I'm the same way. I'm traumatized. Like, I don't like when an altercation happens. I could watch a fight, but if y'all call the cops, I start freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be like, why can't they just fight? And I'm we just saying. say, okay, everybody good. Let's go back to the party. <laughs> that goes to what he's saying. It's like, it's really a, it's a mind game. Yeah. Like, it's like, especially if they get to you young, like you could really form a, you know, not just form a negative view for, you know, the black man versus a uh, police officer, mm-hmm. but you get more of like a warped understanding of how it works. Like you don't know yeah. what their real job is. You don't know right. really why they're here. You just know you know, they here to fuck with me or they right. may fuck with me to the point where I can't even, you know, like you just said, you can't go home. It's a blurred line. You no longer see them as help. Yeah. You well, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the moment, the moment you don't see calling 911 as help, is like, yeah, what's crazy. it for? Yeah, it's what's crazy. it for? You know what I'm saying? Serve and protect. 
<laughs> say it on the car. Yeah, you guys, you guys to protect. Say it on the car. Again, I'm always trying to give these like keys to young artists. Mm -hmm. Same way you said it was like persistency, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about uh, the right people, like, because mm. you're talking about creating your own platform. Is if you had to teach a class, you know what I'm saying? By the way, if you start teaching classes and shit, start charging, let me know, bro. <laughs> no, I'm like, if, if, if you had a class and you had to tell people, like, uh, you know, this is what is considered the right people. Like, if I had to tell somebody what's considered the right people to me is, yo, going from organized ball, getting to AAU, mm -hmm. and making sure you're the number one performer on your team. I feel like that's a good gauge of a quick talk to somebody to say, yo, keep him in AAU if he can keep his name going out there, mm -hmm. stay consistent in the classrooms where he could play at school and show a college that they can come, then he has all the ingredients he needs. Right. If you had to put art in front of the right people, who would the right people be to you? Like, cause it sounded, I don't, I don't want to say you're against the gallery, but it sounded like you kind of feel like, yo, it's I, I mean, better let, ways. Let, well, let me stop and clear that up first. I think every, every thing has its purpose. I think that galleries do serve a purpose to certain artists for me a lot of times like i have representation in tokyo right i have representation in europe Stunt. because no it's but, but but it's the reality is my reach doesn't extend that far right i don't know the players in tokyo or or in china obviously you, know do if you got somebody out there well no no but, but i'm saying i that's why you you go with the oh, gallery, oh, copy, right? copy, copy, they're copy, the copy. people that like man oh i know i could you know they have the collection you're, you're with the galleries out there right mm -hmm. Copy, right. And copy. so like they they have my work. They represent me out there. Right. Mm. Um, but, you know, within the states, I just feel like unless the situation is completely ideal for me, I don't search for representation here because I'm enough here. Right. I can hop on a plane, get to wherever I need to go. Stop. You know, and, <laughs> and, and be in front of whoever I need to be in front of. So. With, you know, that's that. But I think with, with young that's artists, that. depending, if, if you're trying to go the route of, you know, going from gallery to museum, I think it is important just to find that fit, that relationship of a gallerist that does it, that respects you and doesn't treat you like a fucking uh, a used car salesman. Mm -hmm. Like you're not the newest thing on the lot. And as soon as I got and it's sold, I'm off onto the another one. Yeah. Another one. And it's so rare. It's so hard, you know? Yeah. But I think that there's, opportunities to be made from people that you might have in your cir circle to, to, to sort of as, as a creative it's, I mean, it's, it's no different from what like Bron did or, 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 I mean, again, Bron is obviously a huge exception. Hold right? on. You got to tell the listeners, what do you do? Just bringing people that came from where he came from up with him. Right. And oh, putting yeah. them in power to, sure. right. You know what Make I'm saying? To, to, sure. to help run and navigate businesses, et cetera. Right. For sure. And I think that there's, there's an opportunity to, you know, do the same thing within the art world. Right. It's, it's with any other world. But again, it's, it's, it's not, I think, I don't think it's as cut and dry sort of as your example with basketball, but I think it's just about finding those relationships and finding those opportunities and those people that gutterly, like that you just have an instinct that you can trust. Like that's the fucking hardest part. Because again, nobody gives a fuck about you. It's like Chris Rock joke. Right? Yeah. When you leave this house, nobody <laughs> gives a fuck about you. Give me some young artists right now. The new flavor, the new people that's coming that or you follow. Or just people you like. Yeah, yeah. just for a nigga like me that I don't know. And y'all put me on. So put me on. Um, a few artists I say all the time because uh, 
they're my peoples and I just I love what what they do. Uh I would say like Nina Chanel Abney, um, who you might you might recognize she's to get into hip hop world, she did Meek's last album cover. Copy. Wait, are you from the West Side? Oak like, Park. Yeah, so that's it. Bless your heart, man. I what? Respect. Y'all was always like about five years behind. Who? West Side Cats. Who? West Side, period. I remember coming back. We just back. like different no, things. Nigga, <laughs> I remember coming back from, from college one year, going to the West. I, 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 listen, I, I had homies in the West Side. Respect, love them. But niggas was still rocking finger waves on the west side and Pelly jackets like they just so Pelly's is what? raw. Yeah, so what? Pelly's had its time. Right, See, that's we get bronze. Off. All right, before we get <laughs> off. Before we get off. No, yeah. but, no, before we get off. Last we almost got off. The we, almost, we almost rap. We almost rap. But since we're here, pizza, pizza in Chicago. Yes. Number one pizza uh, spot. I thought you were about to say something about Pelly's. Um, I, I, it's, it's, that's tough, man. You only have one. But but it, it could be one that's not necessarily the greatest pizza. But it don't have to be the greatest pizza. Area. It could yeah, it right. could be that. It that's really be what your, the answer is. I really want. just want yeah, yeah, your favorite. My bad. Your favorite spot. I don't have to be Italian the Italian Fiesta. Italian Fiesta. No, that's good pizza. Thank you for tuning in to Iman Amongst Men, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I am your host, Iman. This is my big brother. Ari. You know what's going on, Hebrew Brindley. Thank you for coming through. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. So before we wrap up the show, Ari, what was your biggest takeaway from today's conversation with my man Hebrew? Uh, man, it was a lot of good stuff. The most important thing I think I took away was his process, like how he's able to turn a specific idea or you know something that's not fully representational in in a in, so to speak, and making it palatable for everybody or making it acceptable for everybody to like view and enjoy the same way. Iman, what about you? What'd you take away? I think my biggest takeaway had to do a lot with uh, why he draws. He draws to sort of create the characters that he wants to see, like that idea of be the change you want to see in the world and shit. I guess I kind of try and do that in a way with music because I can't fucking draw, but that really made me want to draw. I feel like I could create a cool character. It might suck. But I know Hebrew now. But what he also gave you tools <laughs> in that to where it won't. He gave me you know, tools, yeah, but I'm definitely going to well, I'm saying my, where you can get halfway. Like I'm going to take my notebook piece of paper drawn over to him, tell him to do it on the <laughs> canvas, and we're going to commission it. I'm going to take half of the, the gallery thing like the gallery do. You're exploiting him. Yes. We just had him here, now you're going to exploit sure, him. But I'm going to tell him the truth. All right, but it's still a shakedown. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what you want. Call it what you want. <laughs> As always, thank you for rocking with us on Iman Amongst Men. I am your host, Iman Shumpert. And I'm Ari Shumpert. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to watch the full episode, head over to Uninterrupted's YouTube channel and click subscribe right now. But until next time, gone.